Welcome to Beating the Drum, a podcast about the art and science of customer advocacy. Every company dreams about having customers that will sing their praises. And on this show, we'll explore just how to make that happen. I'm your host, Margot Leong, and for nearly a decade, I've helped create, nurture, and mobilize customer evangelists for B2B and B2C. On this episode, I was joined by Tiffany Keel, head of customer advocacy at ClickUp. Prior to ClickUp, she ran customer marketing at companies like On24 and Nextiva. When she started at ClickUp, they had grown tremendously through product-led growth, but were still early when it came to the types of programs you typically think of in B2B marketing. She shares how to hit the ground running in a fast-paced startup, why you need to mix quick wins with foundational planning in your first few months, how she secured hundreds of people for their reference program in only a few weeks, and partnering with customers to create long-term plays to showcase them far into the future. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. Welcome to Beating the Drum. Uh, I'm really excited to uh, hear a bit more about what we've got going on with your time at ClickUp. Can you tell me about your background and, and sort of your journey into customer marketing? Yeah, absolutely, Margo. And first of all, thanks for having me on Beating the Drum. Excited to be here. So yeah, I currently head up customer advocacy at ClickUp, but I actually started my career in sales, shifted into event marketing, which is where I really saw a big opportunity for customer marketing, you know, kind of being boots on the ground in the field. I was talking to so many happy customers and I realized there was a big opportunity to harness all that happiness and drive that back into the business. So that's ultimately how I got into customer marketing. And now I've been doing that, you know, gosh, I don't know even how many years now that feels like forever <laughs> when you love it, you know, being in the field, there's a lot of the exposure that you can get to those happy customers, to customers in general, that actually is a really nice jumping off point for being like, I'd love to just talk to customers all the time. <laughs> you know? Customer marketing is a really good landing spot for that. 100%. What are the things that you enjoy the most about customer marketing? Why do you sort of keep focusing on this area? Why do you keep coming back to it? I love talking to customers and learning from our customers, right? I love talking to people and hearing not only their like work stories, right? But their personal stories. And it's just so interesting to me. I like to see my role. And I think a lot of customer marketers probably see their role this way. Is you're almost this mini sports agent, right? You are understanding your customer strengths and you're trying to find the right opportunities for them. And Honestly, nothing makes me happier than to see a customer really grow in their role and career. I love being a part of that journey. It really is fulfilling for me and why I'm even in customer marketing. Prior to ClickUp, you were at On24. That's yeah. where you and I had touch paths, if only briefly. I think it was an Influitive meetup. Yeah, it was like a dinner. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I mean, it feels like forever ago. I, <laughs> think, I think it might have been seven plus years ago it's or, or long, something. A it's long time ago. <laughs> craziness. And then our one of my other friends, Emma, who's at Twilio now, like she was, I think, there too. It's just, and we're all still in customer marketing. It's just yeah. crazy how, um, yeah, time flies. Yeah. And how absolutely. small the world is and the community is too. <laughs> and, you know, Jane Menyo, who I know was your manager over at On24, I interviewed her for the podcast as well. She's absolutely incredible. I think she was raving about all the great work that you did with the webinars and getting that whole advocacy community going. When you joined ClickUp, 
if you could set the scene, what did it look like when you joined? Was there already advocacy motions in place? Was it pretty greenfield? Give me a sense of what that looked yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. When I started a year ago, there really wasn't much. Totally just open opportunity. We didn't have really any of the traditional programs you would normally think of in a B2B marketing space. We didn't have case studies. We didn't have a reference program. We didn't have any of those kind of basic foundational programs you would think about. And it has to do a lot with how ClickUp has grown. Total PLG company, right? So a lot of just focus on acquiring new users. There just wasn't a big focus on the B2B arm, more focus on B2C. And so with this shift and us moving up market, obviously needed some more of these key programs, especially for our growing sales team. But for me, what really drew me to click up a year ago was you can just go to like LinkedIn or Twitter and there already are so many passionate users of our product, but I knew with just a little bit more energy and me coming in, there's just so much impact I could make on the business. And it really was building everything from the ground up was the start of the play when I joined ClickUp because there was nothing. You know, I think that's a really good point, right? Is even when you are evaluating opportunities to do customer advocacy at future companies, that is actually something I also look for, right? Is, is the passion already there for the product? Does the product naturally engender love? But my understanding is ClickUp is a project management solution. Do I have that right? Yeah, spot on, spot on. Of course, our marketing pitch is more about, you know, all-in-one productivity mm-hmm. platform. But yeah, like totally in the project management space. And so, yeah, we have a wide market to go after, right? Because yes. really anybody can tap into the power of project management, which is also exciting for me because being at On24, what was exciting about doing customer marketing there was we were marketing to marketers, which how fun is that? Like marketing to your own persona. Coming to ClickUp was not only it was great to see this passionate customer base who loved our product, but it also was the challenge of how do you go and tackle this monster of like so many different use cases, segments, industries. It's this whole other can of worms. And also like a company that has more of a PLG motion, right? So for me, there were some new things that I have been excited to get under my belt that I hadn't before. You know, how do you, right, as the first person coming into customer marketing, how do you know what to focus on? Who did you sort of turn to in that regard? How did you think about setting priorities? I approached that in a couple different ways. I would say like thinking about coming in, you still do have to do that legwork, right? I think the first 30 days for me were about really talking to a lot of the sales leaders, right? And there were no big curveballs for me, which was good. I knew what I was stepping into. There there was nothing and people just kind of needed some of that baseline stuff that foundational stuff from the start and those things being like referenceable customers, <laughs> case studies, basic advocacy stuff that you just need in a sales arsenal and in a marketing arsenal. I really focus though on quick wins mixed with that foundational plannings. Like at a startup, it is so important or any new company, not just a startup, that you actually showcase your value early. You really need to establish yourself as someone who is effective. And not to say you don't need to be like strategic and all of that, but 
there should be a few things that you're hearing from your stakeholders and sales that they want, and you should be putting together a plan to execute that for sure in your first quarter. Not that you need to sign up for too much stuff, but pick the things you can do, those quick wins. I would say that was my early focus. And I was really trying to think, how do I actually scale this referenceable customers? How do I build pipeline for case study when I'm starting from nothing? What would be the most effective way for me to go about that with not a lot of resources and still really trying to understand the lay of the land for the organization. So I decided to do just a very simple outreach effort to key strategic accounts introducing myself and introducing the concept of a reference program. I know this sounds really basic, but literally just putting that out there saying, Hey, like, this is what our reference program is. Obviously you got to establish what that entails. And then just had like a very simple form. That's like opt into our reference program. And you get so much great information that a customer is willing to share. They opt in. I asked them, Hey, are you interested in other advocacy type activities? So I use this as not only building the referenceable library, but also this became the pipeline for me to start to get publicly facing case studies out the door. Because I think that's really hard in the beginning coming in in customer marketing at organizations. You've got to talk to a lot of customers. You've got to build that pipeline. So, you know, you're not caught flat-footed with nothing in your pipe to deliver to the sales team in a given quarter. So yeah, that was like my big focus and something that was really effective at hitting a couple of my different goals. And from that, I probably had 100, 200 folks opt into the program. So like, it was great for me to get that list pretty quickly. And it probably took me only like two or three weeks to get out the door. And now sales was really starting to see at that time, okay, wow, okay, she's effective. She's starting to show the value of advocacy in the business. This is when I started to pitch the actual idea of rolling out a formal advocacy hub and program to truly help scale my efforts and actually bring value to customers. So I use those beginning stages to truly show the value of advocacy with those quick wins and then use that to pitch for more resources and for bigger programs down the road. So you're looking at those first 30 days, you got like a hungry sales team. You really talk to those sales leaders to understand what they're interested in getting from customers in order to help them sell more effectively. And it sounded like a lot of those pieces were things that you were already pretty comfortable with, right? The referenceable customers, more case study type stories. And exactly. then you talked about using that as a way to understand, okay, what would be some quick wins that we could do? In terms of the quick wins pieces, was that trying to help sales move faster if they needed, okay, we need referenceable customers in like these industries or like these types of stories? Were those the quick wins and were you using the form and trying to generate that pipeline as a way to to get to that point or yeah? Exactly. That's exactly spot on. And great reminder, like I mentioned that ClickUp had so many different use cases and industries. And I think that's the hardest part for sales, right? Is having value validation, customer proof for each almost of those permutations. So yeah, doing all this was really focused on sales enablement in the beginning and making sure that they had the right customer proof points to share with prospective customers to help them move faster in their sales cycle. So you had the form, right? Which is a fantastic way to fill out some fields. And then it populates into some sort of spreadsheet or some database. Then you have a place where you can keep all these customers. How did you get the list of customers in the first place? So it's definitely casting a wide net for me. 
coming in and knowing where my, I wanted to focus and probably most customer markers want to focus are some of your, you know, high value, bigger brand name customers. So it was drilling into those type of accounts based on also some different like product usage data as well. So leveraging two different things there and then getting buy-in from the CSM team to say like, Hey, is it okay that we reach out to these people? Should we not reach out to these people? I wanted this to be a little more personal in my outreach versus just like a marketing email. So it was like a thousand folks or something I sent this to, but I sent it from my email using just existing tools that are out there where you can send emails and batch. We use front, you can send 200 emails at a time. So I sent some very personal outreach to folks on this list. The buy-in was pretty easy from the CS team because we didn't really have any thing prior, right? There was nothing really in place and they were kind of very open. They saw this as more of like me helping them out versus sometimes you hear where CS or other people will be very protective over their customers. I've been lucky at ClickUp to where it's, oh no, please, you're just an extension of our team. Yeah. Like I welcome this, please. Like anything you can do to help build up advocacy was amazing. Because basically before you came in, right, I'm assuming that if sales needed help, CSM team is is usually the the front lines on that. Yeah, it was the total wild west when I got here. It was like Slack channels, people asking. And I wouldn't even say CS was like, they became a point person, but they weren't accountable for it. And so it wasn't an ideal situation for anybody, right? For the customer, for sales, for CS. It was just always a scramble and like not a great experience. So now that I had this list, obviously, we needed a way to like intake reference requests. Again, being scrappy and being new to the organization, you don't necessarily have technology out the gate. So again, very simple form for sales to use to standardize that intake process of reference. Obviously there are tons of tools out there that can help with that, but that was, you know, closing the loop. It's like, okay, we got this referenceable library now and sales. Here's the new form that you use. Here are our SLAs. Here's how we approach references. The Wild West is gone. We are an organized society now, and this is how we're going to operate. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's uh, less anarchy, you know, a little bit more trying to add a, a bit more structure, which at the end of the day does make everybody's lives better. I was curious too, you mentioned that you sent that email. It sounded like you wanted it to look like just a sort of a plain text, regular email, which I've also done in the past. And I found that to be very effective, partly because I just think there is a certain standard when it comes to the way that marketing emails look. And I do think that if it looks very templated, people are more likely to ignore them. Because I think at this point, you kind of Mm -hmm. think about it like, looks like an advertisement. It definitely feels more personalized and coming directly from your email. Yes. Uh, yes. How did you pitch it? Because a lot of people, I'm sure they've never heard of the concept of a reference program. How did you talk about it in sort of the language that they could understand and yeah. you know, get them excited to click and fill out the form? Gosh, yeah. Jogging my memory here. I definitely took it to the point of, hey, you were in these shoes not that long ago, right? Trying to make a decision and evaluating ClickUp. And you probably looked at things like review sites, or maybe you did talk to someone who was already using ClickUp. It's important. And wouldn't it be great to pay it forward to others who are in those same shoes to help 
with their process. And oh, by the way, there's benefit for you. Obviously, we have a structure of swag and rewards for helping with things like that. But also, hey, it's a great opportunity to connect with others in your space. And of course, we're going to be cognizant of your time and we'll only hit you up as often as you like. Let us know if that's quarterly, annually, monthly, weekly, you know, we'll make sure that we're not taking advantage of your time and only asking you to be a reference when appropriate. So then talk to me about this concept of basically making sure that it's not only about one-off requests, right? Mm -hmm. How to build and frame longer-term partnerships with customers. Yeah, this one is tough, especially for a lot of customer marketers, right? Especially because we do help sales. A lot of times things can feel a little hectic and, you know, to try to get whatever the need is from the customer and get that ask out. But I do think, you know, when you think about more about partnerships, it is a little bit contingent on the level of customer you're talking to. Um, Not always, but I think it's something that you, certain pitches and plays are going to be better for a more senior leader versus maybe just a day-to-day champion. But anyways, no matter what, I think it is important to understand what's truly motivating the customer, right? That you're talking to. And and not everyone's going to be perfect for a partnership type play, but you're going to pick up on signals from the customer, whether they are, hey, are they looking to get promoted? Are they growing their team? Are they trying to promote a specific marketing message into market? Once you understand some of those motivators and hone in on that, you start to earn the opportunity to have that longer term conversation and partnership and vision with them. That's not going to be every customer, but one One example that comes to mind to me recently was this senior executive at an enterprise company that I um, started working with. And from that first conversation I had with him, I learned out the gate, they love ClickUp. Awesome. Okay. They had super big initiatives to get their brand into market for the next year. And really were looking for that almost like free exposure. I think we talked a little bit on the pre- call in the pre-interview that I think we might see more and more of this, especially in this market. Our customers that are maybe tightening budgets or they might be more open to looking at freeways, so to speak, or to tap into other people's networks uh, for that exposure for their brand. And so it's been a big shift in my mindset when talking through like some of these key customers and taking the partnership approach where, hey, it's not just the customer doing a favor for us, right? It truly is a partnership and we're going to take that approach. You know, a lot of give, get with it and taking that sales approach as well. Yeah, exactly. If I was doing marketing for a B2B brand, especially in this precarious economy that we're looking at, what are the available options? You know, one thing that might be interesting, right, is to just take a look at all the vendors that you're working with already, look down that list see if any of them would be interesting to partner with more on the exposure side. So for example, right, ClickUp, they're a pretty big name in the space in a very short amount of time. You know, you think about it, hey, like that would be some interesting exposure. Why don't I go to them directly and say, hey, we use your product. The team that uses it seems to love it. They're on board to do a testimonial video, like whatever you guys want, you know? There's something really interesting about that. Hmm. I'm getting some really great ideas, Marco. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm like, maybe I could do some like outreach that's more of like tailored to that messaging and see what comes back, right? Yeah, yeah. Like 100%. (laughs) Why not leverage that and leverage the power, right? It's, you know, you are looking for customers to feature 
and they are wanting to get featured, that's massive for them in so many different ways. That's free marketing all around. And it's a different way to look at partnerships that I think most companies are just not really thinking about leveraging. It's like, I think that's pretty interesting as a pitch. All right. I like it. Here's my, that's my 2023 play, Margo. All right. We got this. It here. I love it. So I'll go back to talking a little bit about this one account. I think we all feel this pain of it's pretty hard to get engaged with senior level C-suite folks at enterprise accounts, right? So once I got my foot in the door, we really started to put together these different milestones over a five-month period. And for us, with me working with this customer, it was like, okay, let's get a case study going first. Let's get that going, get that written, approved, solidify some metrics. And then we decided, you know, hey, once we got that approved, we would use that to continue the relationship. Let's prove we can do that together. And then we would use that to facilitate an actual video testimonial. And I said we would invest budget and money to do the video testimonial with them. So that was that next step in the journey. So it's great. We have this little kit video testimonial with the case study. And then, oh, by the way, our marketing calendar, we have our big user conference coming up, right? So we use that to then use that content, get them to speak at the event was kind of the next continuation, right? Uh, And then we have an awards program like we do at many virtual events and in-person events. And so we throw their name in the hat for that as well. And then talk about potential PR we can do coming out of that. Prove together we can do one thing almost and earn the right to do more things. I and mean, really prove to each other you can be a good partners for each other. Really think about anchoring your customers initiatives and goals into your existing programming and in your own goals. And I do recommend coming to your calls prepared with either like a deck or a proposal or an overview of opportunities. You kind of want to take a true partnership sales approach to it to show you mean business. That's been my approach to thinking more partnership versus ad hoc. But I do think it is contingent on making sure you are talking to sales speak, a very qualified advocate. Yeah. <laughs> I think the more personalized you can get, right? I think it's key. And, you know, as much as we want, you know, the partnership to go on forever, you know, there will be a pause and you'll hit them up for something, right? And come, you know, three months down the road and you want them to be ready and willing to help. So yeah, I, I, I think the more you can invest in these relationships, the better for those key accounts. And tell me about, you know, how your focus on the advocacy side has evolved now that you've been at ClickUp for a year, which I'm sure has probably gone by super fast, you know, like we're talking about, but a year can go by so quickly. So yeah, give me a sense of how things have evolved and how you're thinking about things coming into 2023. Totally. And just got to say, it feels like five weeks and five years at the same (laughs) time. So yeah, most folks know startup life. For 2023, I think my big focus and how things are shifting is just getting more and more strategic about the customers I'm engaging. The foundation has been set, right? Like when I started, there were no case studies. Now we have 28 or something like that. Hit on a lot of key use cases and personas. But now it's really double clicking into some of those really key use cases and helping bring more customer specific content to market for our demand gen teams, our sales teams. I think it's just getting more and more strategic and focused on the more important use cases for us. I'm a team of one today and scaling out advocacy and creating more engines for low effort advocacy asks 
is going to be a big focus, things like reviews or just even people opting into our reference program or posting things on social. Like I call those like low effort advocacy asks. So important for me to have an engine to do that because I don't have that much time. So I want always on engines that are churning out those things so I can focus on those high effort high value advocacy activities, talking about those partnerships with key strategic customers, you know? You mentioned having more formalized community for, Mm -hmm. is that part of that strategy essentially to utilize that to help scale some of these pieces? hundred percent. A couple months ago, we finally soft launch our advocacy community program. It's called Verified VIP. And this has really become the engine for these asks. But the whole idea is you got to keep that engine fueled from getting people into the program, engaging people in the program. The focus is going to be on like, how do we even scale what we already have in place and just continue to take advantage of those really happy vocal customers who are a part of the program. Coming from someone who's done something similar, right? When you're in the first sort of throes of got to get this done, got to get the foundation, got to show that we can do this. You're thinking about it all the time, right? And then when you get a chance to step back is it's, you also start to develop an understanding around what the charter or the mission for what you want to focus on in the future and how you want to define customer advocacy as well. All of that evolves, especially as you get more confident in what you've been able to build so far and you get more understanding of the organization and how it works and what they respond to. So now that you have some of those building blocks in place, how you are defining and explaining what customer advocacy does now. Totally. And you know, it's funny, you would think it would have evolved a ton, but honestly, I feel like for the organization, I got to keep it simple just so they understand what customer advocacy and what customer marketing is. I always say it is my job to ultimately activate all of these super fans that we have, all these like raving fans to share their ClickUp successes, you know, with the world. And then it is my job to take that bottle it up and infuse it back into our sales talk tracks, our demand gen campaigns, our overall brand narrative. You know, at the end of the day, we do this so we can help the business continue to grow. And it's like a key glue to a lot of the existing programs and departments that we have. That's usually how I describe it, just to make it very plain and clear for folks who aren't as familiar with customer advocacy. Maybe a resolution for me for 2023 here is to rethink if I want to tweak that. (laughs) In your previous experience at On24, um, you were also pretty involved on the overall customer journey side of things too. So you've got Mm -hmm. experience on what we would think about as lifecycle marketing, customer marketing. I know that at ClickUp, you're really focused on advocacy. I'm curious if you think about that at all, right? Or think about how you want to inject that in the future. Gosh, I'll say a quick up. Our marketing team has ballooned and we have experts who do a lot of that life cycle. Oh, that's great. Marketing, which is awesome. My true passion is advocacy for sure. It's just a lot of fun for me because you get more on that personal uh, level. But that being said, advocacy has a journey as well, right? I can now, you know, after a year here, think more about all these different touch points we have, right? Like infusing advocacy into that life cycle. Some of those things we think about, you know, post-renewal, how do we want to approach advocacy at scale in an always-on way, taking advantage of the different channels we have, whether 
that's email or in-app or like activating our CSMs through something, right? There's a lot that can be done there versus right now, I would say it feels like a lot of effort on my end, right? But like, how do we continue to create that always on engine of advocacy, even outside of a program like our verified VIP influitive program, right? How do we tap into other marketing tactics to drive advocacy everywhere our customers are? You know, one of the last questions is we have a lot of people that are just getting started in customer marketing, maybe a few years into their career. If you were to speak to your younger Tiffany, (laughs) what advice would you give yourself? Take vacations. It's okay. (laughs) First thing. It's okay. You can do that. But I would say a big one is take advantage of this growing customer marketing community that's out there. Talk to others in the space learn from their mistakes, their successes. Customer marketing is not a new discipline, right? People have been doing it for a long time and you don't need to recreate the wheel. There are definitely some plays you can steal and tweak and bring some great impact to your company. So I would say like, that is one piece of advice. I definitely resonate with that. Like I feel as though when I was just starting out, a lot of this was based off of intuition and hunch, definitely not as many resources that existed, but I also didn't make as much of an effort to reach out to people in the space and to learn from them. It was a lot of it being on this island and figuring it out. You know, now that I'm a bit older, looking back in my career, right? The opportunity that you have to be at a company doing work that you hopefully really enjoy, you're getting paid to learn, right? I would absolutely take advantage of that opportunity. If your company has things like L&D type development, honestly, I never took advantage of those things. And I really wish that I did, you know, like I was afraid to ask for budget for my own learning. I really would push for that if you have the opportunity. And honestly, I think not being afraid to take a little bit more risks in terms of how you're reaching out to customers, or the types of customers you want to reach out to, or even just building more relationships mm-hmm. within the organization, because really that's what greases the wheel to get your work done. Um, totally. Yeah, to your point about like, take advantage of the community. It really is some of the kindest, nicest people, which makes sense because if you like to talk to people, you think the best of other people, right? It it really feeds into itself. I'll also add that I do think advocacy is an evolution. Don't beat yourself up, you know, being new to a company, feeling like you need to boil the ocean and do everything at once. When I first starting out, there's feels like there's so much you could be doing, right? I have to start a cab. I have to do our user conference. I have to do da, 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 right? Focus on the foundation, the mechanics of advocacy when you're starting first starting out, like think about those core competencies that you can really own that you can take from business to business. Once that foundation is established, you can start to do bigger and more creative things obviously take those risks, right? Like I feel like at On24, I was there for like four or five years and it really wasn't till past year one, I could really get outside the box, truly earn the right to like, be like, yeah, like I think we should do this. It might be a little risky, but here's why it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. The mechanics, right? The fundamentals of what you're doing. You have to understand how to work those levers. You kind of have to like, you know, pound the pavement as it were. <laughs> yes. Really like this whole customer database. How do I then move forward and start building those relationships with customers to then start working and understanding how to utilize them, right? And even that in and of itself takes a while because you're talking about real human relationships here, right? You're talking about mm-hmm. real people 
people. And of course, all the internal stakeholder management that goes along with it. Seeing outside of that, to your point, doesn't often happen until like you've actually done the work (laughs) and understand what all of that entails. But yeah, once you can start to see outside of that, being open to thinking a little bit outside of the box and taking some of the best ideas you hear from the customer marketing community and implementing those faster, I think is all really good. Tiffany, this was uh, such an incredible conversation. Really excited to see what you'll be focusing on in the coming year. But if people are interested in getting in touch with you, where's the best place that they can connect with you, whether it be like LinkedIn, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty responsive and I'll even throw my email out there. It's just tkeel at clickup.com. Hit me up. Happy to have a conversation with anybody and everybody about advocacy um, and customer marketing. And Margo, thank you for having me. This has been such a fun conversation today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Beating the Drum. For more interviews with advocacy leaders and tips on creating customers that will sing your praises, head on over to our website, beatingthedrum.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to rate and review us. If you know someone that would be a great fit for the show, I would love to hear about it. You can reach out at beatingthedrum.com. Take care, everybody.